I'm Jeremy Tack, a small-scale regenerative farmer that found my path first with cannabis and then through biodynamic agriculture. In these habits and disciplines, I learned more about myself and nature than I ever imagined was possible. By working holistically with the land and developing living practices with all aspects of nature's kingdom, I found a philosophy that has me asking more questions while working to overcome challenges that affect us all. This podcast is my way of searching for answers, finding more questions, and forming endless connections. Welcome to Regenerative Reform. The following is a conversation with Jamie Myers from ROI Urban Farms in Detroit, Michigan. I connected with Jamie on a biodynamic group on social media where some members of the group had issue with his celebratory pictures or really seemingly any pictures of cannabis. Jamie and I got to talk about issues in the community, the community of biodynamics, urban agriculture, certification, and growing, period. My intention of these conversations is to gather more information and form more connections throughout our community. Well, any one of us have experienced grievances in the past. Moving forward, I hope that we can all access a little bit more curiosity and compassion, not only for ourselves, but for all others. Thank you for listening to Regenerative Reform. Hello? Hello, Jamie. How, how are you? Jeremy, I'm good. I'm good. Right on. Thank you for taking the time to, uh, to talk to me. I was um, drawn uh, to a couple of posts that I saw that you made on social media. And I saw that there's some overlap when it comes to uh, some interests of ours. Um, so I appreciate you, like I said, just uh, taking time to talk. Sure thing, bud. Sure thing. Um, specifically, uh, I'm curious about your, um, you know, it, since you took the time, uh, so kind of your overall connection to agriculture, uh, you know, stewarding the earth, growing plants, uh, kind of your story on that connection in general, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, you know, back in high school, my mom, you know, got she was always kind of artistic hippie, wanted to go back to the earth. So we moved out of the uh, Metro Detroit area out to a 130 acre farm in Macon, Michigan. And uh, we went about uh, raising Angora goats and hogs and oh, let's see, uh, billy goats and chickens and, you know, corn and soybean and kind of jumped in, uh, you know, we had horses too, so we sort of jumped in on the whole thing. Uh, but it wasn't really fun for me because I was kind of like the uh, 
the skid steer or the equipment or the or the or the workhorse. So, my I went from playing a lot of sports to being, uh, you know, a full time farmer waking up in the morning when it was birthing time for the Angora goats and all that. So when I went off to university, I didn't really want to do farming anymore. But um, you know, I started learning about you know what what's in the food that we grow and and you know I knew how to grow grow food. So you know when I started having kids back in the 1989 is when my eldest daughter was born. I just started growing stuff for for the kids to eat. And you know during this whole time I was uh, studying a lot of different branches uh, of the mystery schools a lot of Steiner's uh, esoteric uh, lessons. And then I uh, went through divorce real early on and then I, I met another lady and we decided to have three children. And it was at that time that I really got into, okay, so you know, what, what would be best for these kids? What would give them the advantages that I didn't have? And right about at the same time, I, I stumbled upon the, uh, the original lecture uh, that Steiner gave on biodynamics, I call it the green book. And, you know, yeah, since okay. I, had, I had done a I, lot of, you know, all these studies. Yeah. So it wasn't confusing to me at all. You know, it really spoke to the first level of alchemy. So I figured, okay, you know, I'm going to do this. And where am I going to do this? And I founded uh, a nonprofit called Bike Detroit in 2000. And we traveled all over this incredible vast uh, area known as Metro Detroit by bicycle. And we discovered Palmer Park and who Senator Palmer was. And that really inspired me to practice biodynamics in a city park. And I moved my children into Detroit uh, right inside of what's called Palmer Park. Senator Palmer was um, a 33 degree uh, Mason, guardian of the light and the founder of the Department of Agriculture. Not many people knew the history of this guy, uh, but really uh, someone worth emulating. So I kicked around in two different parks. And then finally the city uh, let me, you know, pretty much do what I wanted to do in Palmer Park, but it caused a lot of controversy, right? A lot of, uh, you know, there was a lot of racial scar tissue in the city of Detroit that I was kind of aware of, but really didn't know. And so I was the white gentrified gorilla on steroids. What are you doing? You know, what? <laughs> this is crazy. What do you mean? Planting orchards in a city park. And, but, but the reason why I chose Palmer Park is because of the, uh, the mounted police division was stationed there. And in the lecture series, uh, you know, Steiner talked about cow manure, but you could try horses too, right? Is what he talked about. So we had all the horse manure in the world. And that uh, was basically 2009 when I started uh, with my work in the park and I bought a home right attached to the park in 2011. And then in 2000, and I think it was uh, 17, I bought my current uh, house, which is exactly where the old caretaker house used to be to Senator Palmer's log cabin farm. So uh, what we've done is build, you know, these very large orchards. It's the largest orchard in the city of Detroit. And I started composting, which, you know, if you really want to have the ability to create with nature, you got to have the source code of creation, which is living soil biology, fertility. And we just started doing tests and tests on everything, you know, you, you know, bananas, oranges, uh, lemons, passion fruit, peanuts, pears, plums, you know, every fruit 
that you can imagine watermelons, all this stuff. And we just, we tried out all the different uh, things that, you know, uh, suggest that could be successful for farming, you know, biointensive raised propagation to hemp, to cannabis, to, to just all these things. And during the whole time, you know, my kids are growing up in an, in an atmosphere that's filled with, you know, basically the byproducts of our plants growing and, and that's yeah you know, pretty much the story. And you know we just we got certified yeah you know, when we called Demeter and US uh, USA. Uh, we called them in 2013, and they said, you know, how many years you've been practicing? And I said three, which was the standard. And they said, well, you're in Detroit. And they said, well, you know, call us back when you have five years under your belt, which I thought was really kind of odd. So in 2015, we submitted our paperwork and we got not only our farm, but the entire 296 acre uh, public park certified USDA NOP and biodynamic Demeter organic, which we thought was really, really good. And, and, and my goal was to practice this in front of everybody and not make it, uh, you know, about some idealistic valley off in the, you know, the valleys of Oregon, let's say, but really where was it needed? You know, if it's a, a, a spiritual thing, I felt it was really needed in Detroit because the kids were the ones that were suffering. They didn't have any food to eat. They didn't even know where food was grown or how it was grown. So my, my goal has always been trying to connect with children and the kids that come by and live in the neighborhood where I live, they know that they can come in and, and eat strawberries or, pick the raspberries right off the sidewalk or have some cherries or eat some apples or, you know, whatever. So it, it, that's, that's kind of been on my heart and it's really been nonprofit. So the whole time I've been doing this, you know, we put in a couple million dollars into the city's park system and just really uh, supporting um, doing this and testing it and recording it uh, to get to a point where, you know, maybe uh, now, you know, with the cannabis that everyone seems to be so, I don't know, judgmental about. And we actually have a large uh, scale license that we just received four weeks ago. And come December 1, you know, Full Moon Harvest is going to be an official, you know, company that's going to be offering purity, which is what we're after, health and vitality to people in the Michigan marketplace. So that's kind of a real quick 13 year tour of what I've been doing here in Detroit. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, okay, I have a, a lot of questions. I'll, I'll start off um, with the ones that'll help me visualize, if you don't mind. So, sure. um, Detroit, Palmer Park, how many, like, uh, how many acres are we talking? Are we? Palmer are Park we is 296 acres. Okay. There's this, these are some important things, and it kind of tickles people's noodles. But all of this is verified and cross-checked. It's yeah, the totally. largest virgin forest to exist within 30 miles of any major U.S. city. It has more native biological diversity than all of Europe combined. So when Steiner talked about catheric antennas, the you know virgin forest, and what Palmer knew and what Palmer was doing when he you know, graduated from being a U.S. senator, he became an ambassador to Spain. And a lot of people would come from all over the world to visit his forest. And what he asked them to do is bring conifer species. 
So the conifer collection, which if you've studied the lecture series, Steiner talks about the presence of conifer trees and the effect that it has. It seems like he already knew what was going on and it's just amazing. So sitting here in this kind of motor city mayhem exists uh, one of the rarest uh, natural pieces of virgin landscape in the country. And no one can really believe it, but when, you know, the, who was it that came from Demeter, both Elizabeth Candelero and what was it? Jim yeah. Fulmer came and they could yeah. not believe it. They're like, what? Uh, you know, cause it really shatters the image of what Detroit is. And when we came to Palmer park, it hadn't been, been abandoned by the city for 55 years. It was Holy just God. full of, just <laughs> basically you know uh, uh there was prostitution there was drug addiction it was no place for a kid to go on his bike and connect with nature and as a sensitive kid growing up in a confusing time i always found my sanctuary and i always felt uh loving arms of nature when i was in a forest and i just i just you know dreamed that you know if we could do that then the kids you know because all kids as far as i'm concerned they're innocent other than you know, what's laid on to them by their parents. And yeah. I think she can reach uh, children when they're in a more innocent state. So my goal was to to clean it up. There's 6.2 miles of beautiful trails all through the forest that my team opened up yeah. uh, back in the day. And, and it's virgin watershed topography. There's, you know, 40 foot bluffs. Yeah, believe it or not, in a flat land, it's all right there. And I just really wanted to open it up back to just the kids, you know, and let the kids feel this, yeah. you know, because the elemental kingdom was alive and well all throughout the park. And it just it just blew blew me away when I first discovered it on one of my mountain bike rides through the city. So, Jamie, how many acres um, are actively uh, in production uh, for food or harvested, you know, medicinals or cannabis? Or okay. Roof. There's a in the in the park itself. There's uh, about four acres of orchards, and my homestead uh, farm, which is attached to it, is a super intense half acre. And then our commercial composting facility, and we call it a test farm, is another two and a half acres. It's about six miles southwest of Palmer Park, on Chicago Boulevard. Okay. And then are there greenhouses involved in, in, in this operation? No, no, part of my part of my goal was to eliminate the need for hothouses, hoop houses, or greenhouses, or no. growing anything in a plastic dome because I, I you know, microplastics and the research of UV degradation on man-made products is I'm, I'm kind of a geek. I read all the time. And I just, I just didn't feel that, uh, you know, it was really good to be growing in a, in a poly house. Uh, you know, the UV light really degrades plastic uh, components annually. And if it's not released to the atmosphere, it drops right down into the ground. And I wanted to get rid of all of that. I wanted to get rid of, you know, all that and show how, how can you eliminate all this to really maximize stuff and then grow things that people say can't be done in Detroit, Michigan, and it all came down to the compost. And really, fertility is creation. It's a divine feminine attribute only, and it's black, and it's beautiful. Yeah, and and you're uh, largely 
still using horse manure? Or are you using a lot of other, uh, you know, there's uh, no, there well, was a, there was an, an, uh, a no livestock law that was put on the books in Detroit in 1882 because there was a disease outbreak. So legally, there's no way that anyone can own any livestock in Detroit, uh, let alone cows. So our partnership with the Mounted Police Division was the only way that we could see our way through to get uh, the Demeter certification. And, you know, we grow a lot of food for them. We bring them apples. We bring them carrots. And they're just like our friends. So I, I've never used cow manure. Uh, you know, Demeter uh, said you know, three or four years ago, well, you're going to have to use cow horn 500 which I thought was kind of dumb because Steiner said, you know, horses may work. We wrap it in horse hair, but we still ordered it from JPI you know, to be compliant. But even that at the end of the day, didn't really matter. Huh? So, so you feel uh, even when using the, uh, the BD preparations, biodynamic preparations from JPI, that, that, that didn't really make a difference. The horse manure 500, there was no negligible difference. And, and, and all, again, I, I tried to explain to everybody. Because you're already using your own preparation that you yeah, make. Right. 10-4, good buddy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and, and for, for, for them to insist that, you know, you must only, which it, it just, this is just one of the many things that are bullshit in my book, <laughs> because okay. it's not what Steiner said. And for your reading, there's only one yeah. that I think is an authentic uh transcription of what went down and it's a green book and it just says agriculture on the front of it yeah and the copy i got was published out of uh you know california what have you and you know he never said any of that thing and you know, he didn't say anything about pot either but he sure did have a comment about wine which you know people what do you mean you know we can't talk about that so i you know this is a spiritual renewal for the foundations of agriculture and as a graduated uh, apprentice of many mystery schools. What that means is, you know, the Holy Spirit or Mother Nature, Shekinah, Sophia, Shiva, whatever you want to pick. So it's her, like he made us in his image, but she made everything else. You know, the elemental kingdom are all her creation and this is her planet. And that's why the reason it's alive and her, you know, the, you know, from the ley line vortices to the vortice hubs to Jerusalem, being the largest hub and that's what all the fighting's about and that's her throne i mean people really haven't studied this through but then you have people trying to change things that you know and you know you might you know you can only use you know 500 when well there's no local indigenous 500 from an organic cow that i can source but you know we help supplement the diet of these horses he said try it he didn't say you couldn't he said you could possibly prove it out so when we did yeah, they just didn't want to hear it. And yeah. I'm like, well, who who are you? This I questioned everything, right? Elizabeth Gondolero, yeah. wine at all costs. Yeah. You know, we had a huge debate with everybody about our, our mead. We had the first Demeter biodynamic organic certified mead in the world. And, you know, we had to deal with the people from uh, Europe. And they were like, well, what are you doing? And you have to use only biodynamic uh, honey, well, there was only one supplier at the time, and it was $1,000 for a five-gallon pail. And so I got a couple gallons of it and added it to some other USD NOP certified honey, and it still wasn't good enough. So we got it certified. 
I go to the 2019 conference and I started to question the general secretary about his view. And if you're having a banana conference, why didn't you bring any bananas? I could have brought some of my own. And it just, it just went down from there. And, uh, you know, so they decertified my farm and, you know, I still question the, uh, you know, the, uh, who's running the ship. Right. And what, what is this really about? Uh, you know, uh, so it, for me, the way I look at it, it's, it's just, I don't know. I have to still ask questions. Like, yeah. why are we shoving wine in everybody's faces? Some of us don't drink wine. Yeah. I mean, some of us don't drink wine. Uh, you know, some people don't eat beef. Some people don't drink milk. You know, yeah. uh, a, lot, a lot of different people have their uh, ad campaigns. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, and no issues uh, with them. Uh, you know, uh, I have no beef with them. Yeah. To um, each his own, right? It's cool. Yeah. You know, you know I think uh, live and let live is a hard thing to practice or activate nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and throwing stones is, is super convenient. And, and, and as human beings, we're talented uh, at, at, judging and classifying and put putting people yeah. in their place at least Oops. in our mind and sometimes you know it's it's really easy to slip out of our mind and let people know wh- <laughs> where we've put them um and, yeah, and it's all good and the blessings and the hardship i agree with that there's no doubt yeah and uh you know hey here we are it, you know so sun and earth regenerative organic certification i don't know if you know much about it i don't I think it's I think it's better, more highly evolved than yeah. Demeter USA could ever imagine. And the reason why I say this is, is because it requires specifics that are not asked of any other certification, you know, program out there. Specifically, you know, living wage. They have you, all of your employees have to be taken care of. Uh, they do calculations which say to live in your county you need to pay people $20, $21 an hour. Uh, they have a community outreach uh, pillar. It's a three-pillar approach, which is huge. And if you can't demonstrate your commitment to your community and the people that you're around, they won't even consider your farm. So it is sponsored by the Doc Bronner family. I think everybody mm-hmm. can knows that name and can respect the history of that family and where they're coming from. And yeah. the big difference is, is if they choose to consider your farm and you go through this rigorous one year uh, kind of like investigation, then they pay for everything. It's not like pay to play, you know, uh, Demeter, USDNLP. They give it to you because you are found worthy. And to me that, that these people feel just wonderful and the regenerative aspect of it is truly what biodynamics uh, could have been about, could have took the lead of in our country if it wasn't for the people running the dog and pony show, right? Because when you say you have a a self, you create all your fertility in your own sphere, uh, well, that's what regeneration means as far as I'm concerned. You can put cradle to cradle, create no waste, catch, store, and reuse. I mean, permaculture, all these things are, are interconnected, but you know, the, the message uh, that I, I keep getting pushed at me is, you know, wine or 
you know, some rural farm images and it, and it's pay me and, you know, buy the fun calendar, which, you know, we, we teach people how to, you know, chart their own calendars. We use a yep. Sidrill calendar. We teach all of them, you know, juxtapose the Greenwich mean time. So we are within three seconds of when the moon steps into a new elemental house and we're dialed in completely. And why not teach people rather than charging them something for that's completely antiquated and doesn't really relate to their particular geographical position. So these are the things that I tried to ask questions about and uh, no one really wanted to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think it's always good, good to ask these questions. I think it's healthy. I think it brings on, you know, st- st- for me personally, and I, I know a lot of people, uh, where, where that stimulates uh, positive conversation. Um, well, Jeremy, wouldn't you want to know? Ex- I mean, Den- have you ever met Dennis Klosik? Have you ever studied any of his work? Did you ever? He was. You know, at- I, I did. I did. I had a, the pleasure of taking a, a workshop or two with him. Okay, so that beautiful, wily old, you know, man, you know, specifically said that the moment that the moon steps into an elemental house, there's a threefold application. That's a 300% increase in anybody's practice. So why rely on Thun when you could rely on yourself? And, and, and to me, I just, I mean, okay, so like our compost, everything we do is completely done in tune. Why? Because I tested what that beautiful old man said. And the numbers told me where to go. My whole practice has been about logbook entry, scientific method. What is the numbers? And what is the numbers we're looking for? Yield. What is yield? Elemental density. Nutritive density is elemental assimilation. And in a living food, with the enzymes still alive because they haven't been cooked to death, that's what you want to put in your body. That's how it gets into your body to rebuild your human system. And it's really just that simple. And for people not to, I don't know, want to know about that and, and rely on what the, uh, the, 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 the organization to, to, okay, this is what you have to do, or you got to pay me to get this. I mean, to me, it's like, is this, is this a spiritual renewal? Right. Well, I, I, I love where you're coming from. And I think it's, it's, um, I think you're fortunate uh, and obviously disciplined, uh, you know, to, to gather that data, to uh, track the, you know, the celestial mechanics as they exist, to stimulate your own, you know, activate your own, you know, powers of observation, um, you know, to confirm with, uh, you know, um, uh, charts or other people's data, um, you know, with, within seconds to it's, put it, uh, to put in the work and, and, and track the information, being yeah. uh, an improved nutrient density. But I, but I also, I see where organizations are coming from to be a, to be a bridge. And, and there's not, not all of the people, but there's some people, um, who, who aren't ready or maybe don't perceive themselves to be ready for anything more than a calendar, uh, or an app, um, and to see where some things are and, 
and to try some things, but All maybe right, write it down, you know. With that being said, though, I mean, you know, I uh, the biodynamic, the BDA, before it bailed out Demeter USA. Now, Jeremy, I don't know. Are you a member of the BDA? Are you a board member on either one of these organizations? Uh, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Okay. All right. Well, okay, cool. Now I know that I, I'm not speaking it into a loaded mic. You know, spirituality is a gift. And I really believe it, it, it's free and it's in everybody's best interest. And if we keep on walking down somebody else's path, or, you know, a lot of people like to quote practitioners that kind of led the, the practice after Steiner died. Uh, yeah, this is who I follow. This is who I follow. I always ask people, well, well, don't you want to follow your intuition and your feelings? Don't you want to follow your your agricultural zone or your soil geology or or where it is that you actually live? Don't you want to trust that? And that's I don't see anybody, yeah. you know, reaching for people where they're at. Uh. OK. And, and, you know, do you understand the Thun calendar? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, good. You're one of the very few that I've ever talked to, Jeremy, that actually does. So kudos to you, dude. <laughs> Not, you know, I, I, on the, on the level, on the level that I can, um, I do. I do not think that I am on, on your level. Um, and I'm, and I'm not on hers, but, uh, you know, on my own learning path, my, my own goal is to be able to tap into my own, you know, natural born intuition instinct. Yeah. Uh, my own powers of observation on, on where I am um, and to, to be paying attention um, because I believe that I'm a, I'm a part and I have a, yeah. an and I have an opportunity to, yeah. uh, to, to work receive. with. Right. Learn. Yeah. Yeah. No, ab absolutely. To, to, to receive. Um, and, and to, to be present. Well, Jeremy, one of the ways that we challenged uh, the whole construct of Demeter International and Demeter USA especially was making the biodynamic foam farm mobile. And they didn't really like that. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of Mary King. She used to work there. She was the lady that really worked with me when I was, you know, because what Steiner said in the lecture series, it says you're going to have to test and prove this stuff out. And that's all we've been doing, right? So we we went down to Toledo, Ohio. We dug out 12 inches of the indigenous landscape. And it was my assertion that most annual plants, root zones cannot travel uh, deeper than 12 inches in the, in the five months that they have to grow in our, in our location. And we brought down uh, certified biodynamic compost. We brought down uh, certified starts from seed starts from, uh, you know, the farm champions grown in our biodynamic compost. And we planted it in the ground and it took off like a skyrocket. So we took the three year drama and we did it all in three days. They hated it. They didn't like it. They didn't think they can control it. But nonetheless, uh, Ohio received its first uh, certified at Demeter Farm. And, and it just took us three days to do it. And we're trying to set this free for all the right reasons, right? So the elemental kingdom, we know what it's created for. 
well, wouldn't we want to get that going in as many places as we can, especially given what we've done to the planet with our behavior and climate change? And that, again, it invoked all of this hostility. We, you can't do that. What do you mean we can't do it? We already did it. Okay, do you see all the, you know, we had, it, people couldn't believe what they saw grow. Everyone was coming from all over to look at this site saying, how did this happen? How do you get it that big? How does it grow so fast? What, you know, blah, blah, blah. And all they wanted to do is say, you know, you can't do that. You can't do that. What do you mean I can't do it? He said, try this stuff. So when they came in for their 49 minute, you know, uh, inspection in 2019, uh, Toledo was never talked about. Our compost yard was never talked about. But the whole thing got disqualified. You know? And, and, we, that, that, was, and that was due to, due to time? No, it was, it was due to personality over principle. Yeah, so I think this, um, you know, the... the con- where, where we come to a place of conflict with our interpretations or who follows whom, <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's, it's unfortunate to find, um, you know, even within agriculture and especially within, within biodynamic agriculture, you know, I, I, I guess I find it disappointing for there, for there to be so much uh, infighting um, or for there to be so much, so many disagreements about, you know, things that could be trivial like you know posts about uh cannabis flowers or um did you read what everyone's writing about that i, I you know i read a good amount i read it i read enough um, i'm a demon now i guess oh i i didn't get that bit, I didn't get that <laughs> bit. Um, hey man it sounds like a, i said if there's 11th commandment it should have been thou shalt not judge i mean especially you, if you don't ask any questions how can yeah. you judge anything without asking questions. And then once you think you have an image of understanding, you have to ask a few more questions just to make sure that your image is correct. And it just, so many people have asked me to do my own biodynamic conference. So many people have asked me to start my own biodynamic certification. Those would be selfish intense. I have to get where I'm at. You have to be selfless. And that's part of the, that's part of the process is to, is to be available to receive. And if, you, if you're a schemer, or if you got a plan, or if you want to start charging people for stuff, uh, you know, it tends to go awry pretty quick because all of a sudden, personality gets in front of principle. Yeah, I, I know that there's examples of that you know happening in the past and i'm sure it's happening you know with different organizations and and different people right now okay where where we can uh you know utilize the wrong part of the ego or uh you know get out of balance in that way and that's uh, all right it's a bummer well it's an opportunity but it's you know i was asked you know uh you know you know, who should be the new head inspector of Demeter? And I, and, I, and I wrote many times that it should be a mystic. Someone who actually uh, was a neophyte and who has gone through the training and has graduated 
to a level of mastery. Now, there's many branches to the great tree. This is another thing that a lot of Steinerites, as I like to use the word, uh, Rosicrucians, anthroposophists, they, they don't realize that that's just one branch, man. And it's, it's a beautiful branch, but there's so many other branches. So why don't we pick someone who knows uh, what the 32 paths are, who know what the tree of life is, know what the left side and the right side and the central column really means. And why don't we put, and I, I, I said it should only be a female, right? Because we're dealing with her realm, her kingdom. Why is there men leading inspection when, when this is divine feminine from the word go? And people didn't want to hear that. Well, uh, at least you got to fill out the comment card, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we can always fill out the comment card. And a lot of times it just, if it doesn't fit the personality or the agenda or the policy, it just ends up in the garbage can. And okay. Well, I, I think the... For me, the important thing to, to focus on and, to, you know, to continue to celebrate is the 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 difference that of what it sounds like, the difference that your, uh, you know, land stewardship, that you're nurturing that Palmer Park in Detroit and those few acres of production um, and that that's still happening and that that that's expanding or growing and that that's feeding a community. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, uh, you know, that process is is what's the most important, the most valuable, that which we, you know, share with our community. Sure. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, it's... hopefully we find answers with this, you know, macro community of of uh, seemingly or, or, or wantingly like minded uh, agriculturists. Come on, you you think there this is like minded? You got you you got these vineyards, you know Rudy. Okay, I don't know if you know who Rudy is. Um, you know who became you know the uh, chairman of the board of Demeter USA with his wine money, uh, Sonoma Napa Valley. I mean, how can any of that be about children and the Holy Spirit? How can any of that? be about um, bringing the work to where it's most needed, okay? I mean, Jesus visited the brothels, okay? This is needed where people are poor or where people have been um, judged and condemned for 500 years because of the color of their skin. So if you're going to lead, where are you leading? And, 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 and how does it reflect in the book of deeds? And that's, that's something that um, I really, really wish that anyone who says they're a biodynamic farmer could really understand. And it's, uh, and again, it's, you know, in many different religions or schools, it's called the book of life. If you're a Christian or a Catholic, if you're Islam, it's the book of deeds. If you're Hebrew, it's also the book of deeds. It's, it's what are the deeds that are written in your book? right? Not what you talk about, not what you believe that you've done and what's so important to you, but what are the measurables of your life when you've spent it here on earth? And I don't know how a vineyard 
gets there when it comes to the essence of biodynamic farming, especially if you read the lecture series and you understood what it meant. And when I see the, you know, the people leading this, I think, you know, it's a Denmark is an unwed garden to quote Shakespeare from Hamlet. And, you know, I open up an envelope today saying, please give me money uh, from the, the, the Alliance, right? There's, the, I, I can't justify supporting this anymore. Financially, I cannot justify it. Yeah. They excommunicated me. They didn't want to hear a word I say. And, and, and now they want my money and they want me to support this. And so where's the unity, right? So at the 2019 conference in Lake George, which is the last one I will ever attend, they talked about, you know, this uh, agreement where everyone had to, you know, be open and be inclusive. And it was just, and I was all for it, right? But there was, what, two black people there, right? And where are the black folks, you know, in all this imagery all over the world? You'll see them at my farm because they're just folks. But we're, you know, you want to be inclusive. Are you inclusive of every, of, of the whole branches of all the trees? I mean, are you inclusive of different uh, mystery schools? Are you inclusive of different ethnicities? Are you inclusive of the poor? These are my <laughs> questions, and I and I and I, I can't seem to get an answer. Yeah, yeah. So I I uh, I hear you, and a lot of what you uh, of what you're speaking and saying, you know, it it resonates with me personally. And I think, um, no matter what earlier on in the conversation and you said different words but the words that i use is you know um meet, meeting everyone where they're at yeah um, and and unfortunately um people with old wine money people with big oil money people with you know tech money buying up you know, I don't know how many agricultural acres Bill Gates owns now, but it's a lot. Um, and, and, and maybe we're capable and accustomed to working with those that have less and those that have struggle. And maybe we're comfortable with extending a hand, showing them how to plant seeds and it's a challenge sometimes to be confronted with the other end of the spectrum, with those that are guarding yeah. the gates, those that are paying for the gate guards and those that, you know, have, you know, supreme land. And, you know, at the, at the, at the end of the day, it's important for, for all of us to ask ourselves, you know, why why are we doing what we're doing how how are we growing how are we tending to all of the all of the beings that we're responsible for uh including self uh, how are we interacting yeah. with our surroundings and society um are we are we moving forward and are we doing it with a a competitive gesture or a collaborative a collaborative one um and and for me personally jamie um, so many of those guiding principles came to me after ingesting cannabis. It's a beautiful thing. The Masons use it in all their highest rituals. 
And what I tried to tell the one guy from Tennessee is that, you know, believe it or not, yeah, I've studied all the world religions. I've studied all the major branches of mystery schools and never once has the word pot, marijuana, or cannabis been brought up, let alone likened to or compared to alcohol. Mm. Okay, Noah, you know, the folly of him being naked and drunk on wine and God's displeasure all the way through, you know, the doom of the Roman Empire and, you know, Bacanti and Bacchus. I mean, these are things I've studied, right? And the Furies do swell, where mead was considered the nectar of the gods. And I wrote this to everybody, and 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 everyone at the conference loved it. They couldn't believe what was in the mead. I said, what you're tasting is our farm. But, you know, they wanted to disavow it. And I have casks and barrels of this stuff sitting in my warehouse and according to Demeter, it's no longer certified. You know, I was like, how do you, how do you, how do you do that? I mean, how is any of this okay? Right? What, 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 what? You know, so cannabis is all of a sudden bad. You know, it's it's not, especially if it's biodynamic. I did my best to to try to inspire people to grow this. And when Jim Former came to my farm, uh I wanted him to give me the world's first indoor certification for cannabis biodynamic. And he was compelled to do so, but he thought if he did, it would raise uh, big problems with the home office in Switzerland. Right. The, 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 and I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, you're going to have to go make your case in front of them. So natural air turnover, true led light, you know, true, you know, outdoor grown in the sun, uh, from seed all the way through to July, August, where we bring a cutting inside to have one harvest per winter. And it was just like, well, I can't quite get my head around it. And I don't want to put my ass on the line for you. And I'm like, okay, well, if anybody should be growing cannabis, it should be biodynamic certified farms. Because what's going into people is the spirit, not the drug. And that's, you know, what, what turned me on is the, is the, is the divine intelligence of everything that's created biodynamically. Uh, the, you know, maybe that's what made America great in, its, in the first place, the buffalo. And we didn't rape the land. It, it was completely excessive with her divine fertility. Maybe that's where the ingenuity and the intelligence of the country really came from. And why wouldn't we want to put that product and have it on the shelf at a lower price because it doesn't cost much at all to grow things this way. Why, why, why wouldn't that be good? But no, let's just drink wine and get drunk. Okay, uh, count me out. You know, uh, having a puff or two. Uh, you know, when my back's bothering me, or if I'm just feeling like I want to take a little elevated journey. What is wrong with that? Yeah, I, I personally don't think that there's. Um anything wrong with that um i don't i don't think that it needs to be limited to any of the words that people seem to have a hard time i guess holding in their head at once like medicine and drug right. uh, sacrament and uh medicinal medicine and recreational you know pot yeah. um you know like there's there's just so many ways to look at it and there's so many different things that it uh, supplies or uh, 
gives us access to. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's, it's important to have an open mind or an open heart. If you really, you know, want to have this Christ impulse that people think they understand, well, that, that impulse always results in compassion and it's heartfelt. And if you, and if you don't really fully understand or wish to choose to disagree, if you can always have compassion, then there's no ill will. There's no bad karma debt being created uh, by the absolute, um, you know, entitled disposition that you know better than someone else. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's unfortunate that we can get in our own ways. Um, yeah, that's true. You, you know, that's true. Um, but 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 you used this. You used the phrase earlier. You know, it's uh, you know you labeled some of these things as opportunities. Yeah. And at the and at the end of the day, you know, sometimes it seems uh, r- repetitive in life, or you know, cyclical. Like, oh my goodness, I've I'm I'm here again. Um, but we're not always. Uh, while while we may feel uh, or perceive that we've learned that lesson, you know, there's always something else to get out of it. And sure. other people, other people are learning it for the first time. Sure. Uh, yeah. So let's uh, b- back to the few acres of production. Sure. Uh, you've talked about sharing, uh, you know, produce with uh, neighborhood children. Can you, can you expand and talk more yeah, about yeah. Like, the, the, well, the pathway of the produce? Like what does production look like? Who, is there a well, what we what we what we're doing? Uh, we used to have a farm stand right right on the road that we we live on, which leads into Palmer Park. So I'm on the south end of Palmer Park, and I went through a divorce. Um, I caused such a controversy, not only in the neighborhood but with the Demeter people. Um, my wife at the time she didn't like it. You know, I, I had an incredibly successful career as a landscape architect. Uh, my background is in formal European uh, history and study. So I, uh, you know, I, that's what allowed me to, to fund uh, this work for the last, uh, you know, 10 years. Right. So uh, that abundance that I received with my, with my original career, I, I utilized it for this, for this endeavor. So we used to have a farm stand right outside of our homestead farm, but then I got involved just organically, systemically with a project called the Congregation Detroit. And if you look at our uh, Facebook uh, page, it, it, we actually have the image of this this place uh, as our as our homepage photo. And what's so special about this place is that back when the race riots happened in Detroit, um, it was a church where all the black civil rights people actually would meet. And it was kind of like hallowed ground. And when the, the fires erupted right across the street, the, the blind pig was there. This building was spared from being burned down. And it sat empty for 52 years, right? So these people brought it back to life. And I stopped by there on my bicycle. And I, I felt that this was the most inclusive place in the entire city of Detroit, which is 143 square miles. So I met the owners, talked to them and said, well, do you mind if I uh, get involved here? Right. So we built a 
a biodynamic, organic, sun and earth certified, regenerative organic farm right then and there so that all the kids going to the park, uh, it's called Gordon Park, um, could just learn, right? So there's a peach orchard, there's boysenberries, golden raspberries, uh, red raspberries, four different types of strawberries, and it's all free for the kids going to the park, right? They just can stop and pick and eat, and everyone talks about it. Then inside the fence, we do different seasonal plots uh, for the restaurant itself. So I got really involved there, and we started, with their help, a farmer's market. So every Wednesday during the season, we uh, pick fresh just a few hours before uh, we go down uh, to the farmer's market, and we bring all of this food, vans full, and we sell it for pennies, you know? So all we try to do is to get the money back for the people that are sitting there who harvested during the day or sit there. But anything other than that, we don't want anything, right? It's, it's, it's about getting this elementally dense, uh, divine food into the children's bodies that, you know, live in a food desert and, you know, like the liquor store and Twinkies is like good. And, and it, it to me, when I sit there, cause I'm always anonymous, I, I just, I sit there and smile at the children or if kids are asking questions, I'll talk to them. And I just delight in the, in the beauty of it, right. And how it feels because just 10 years earlier, when I rode my bike by Gordon park, I was having people scream at me, get the fuck out of here, white boy. What do you, what do you want? Cracker, you know, all this stuff. And I, and I had ultimate compassion for what's, what's happened to black people in our country. So I, I saw that, I felt that. And then, you know, we've had this hand into recreating this place and then supporting the farm stand there in the farmer's market. And my one daughter, Andrea, she'll make, you know, all sorts of stuff, you know, zucchini bread or all sorts of jam and all that. And it's really just about getting the cost back. Our motive is not selfish or profit uh, driven. It's, it's, it's about doing unto others as you'd have others do unto you. The golden rules, the book of deeds, and delighting in seeing children learn that that's how a strawberry grows or that's a boysenberry. I never even heard what that is. Uh, yeah, watch out for those sharp needles, you know, get your fingers hurt. But it's just just seeing the, the light in the children's eyes because the children, I think, are what can be affected to be greater leaders in the future. You can't talk to adults about racism or, or, or the board of Demeter about changing how they feel about the guy in Detroit. I can't talk to them at all because there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing open to hear. The children are there. They can feel it. They can see it. They can smell it. And more importantly, they can taste it. And, you know, the watermelons we grow, everything we grow, everyone says all the time, you can't buy this at a store. And I just it just, I just say, because it was just picked two or three hours ago. It's, it's right there for you. And it's just awesome. The peaches, the cherries, everything we do, people just love it. And I delight in that. I really, really do. And what has allowed us to, uh, to just do this basically as a nonprofit is the donations that we receive for the cannabis. And then I still do some landscape architect projects to help fund this. But we're about you know $2.3 million over the last 13 years 
is what we've spent in the city's park system, what we've spent doing this work and kind of getting it to a level that we're really confident about. And then uh, a person, a neighbor, friend of mine said, well, why don't we do this uh, at a you know commercial state level? Because it really is a great story. So back in the day, we had the third you know, cannabis certification in the country, right? The only one outside of Oregon. Uh, we're the only sun and earth certified farm east of the West Coast. Okay. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And good stuff. Where, where, where's the cannabis go? You said donation, but where's... Yeah, we, you know, to, to do what we did, and really what I was after is perfecting uh, this medicinal compost plant, right? So it's a biodynamic compost, all the preps, blah, blah, blah. But that type of plant, to, to live five or six months in a 10-gallon pot, in of itself with only having purified water, because it's the same principle. You can't add any outside nutrient or any liquid, you know, fossil fuel intense, water soluble stuff. It's living soil biology. How do you get a mixture just right? So we had caregivers. We're part of the what was called the caregiver license program, where we were able to grow twelve plants per patient, and then we gave uh, the patients what they needed every month, and then they would make donations uh, for the surplus. But we did 108 different tests over eight and a half years to get this soil blend, you know, created with farm fertility. And that included saving all the woody biomass from the, st uh, the stakes and the roots and stems and yeah. turning that into potassium carbon uh, through a fire burning process and taking all the leaf and the biomass and all the farm biomass and working that into the compost, all being made in the house of air flower all at the perfect times as close success. So it was developing all of that that got us to this point where uh, we just received our kind certification from Andrew Black, who's also on the board of directors of Sun and Earth. That happened two days ago. And we're the only people in Michigan that are doing what we're doing. We, we create no waste. Uh, Net sum zero gain, our, our whole entire facility catches, stores, and reuses all of the surface runoff water we have a living, we turned our, our compost yard was a brownfield EPA Superfund site that had to be mitigated. And we modern day terraformed it over the last six years. And all of the members of the animal kingdom are present. We have frogs, we have the coyotes are our local head of the food chain, hawks, dragonflies, everything you can imagine has been brought to this place in the middle of an industrial area. And we have our soil tested all the time. People are like, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? And I said, I, all I'm doing is working on these biodynamic principles that we started working on back in 2009, 2010, when we began the journey. So it's to see nature return. I mean, the only thing that was there when we first got to that site was an occasional grasshopper, right? And mm -hmm. now... The cameras go off all night. We got, you know, the, we got this coyote, this fox. I mean, it's it's just full of her kingdoms. Yep. And to me, when I see that, and I, I just smile because it's it's beautiful and everybody's welcome. And all of our locations, every single creature, every single thing that the Holy Spirit created, nothing gets killed. Nothing. 
my children know if there's a spider, you don't like it. Okay, this is how you move it outside. We don't kill anything. It's all welcome around us. And to me, that is, it's a life. It's a good life. Yes, def definitely a, a rich one. Um, yeah. I, I want to confirm one thing that I, sure. that I, think I heard you say. And I'm sure you're blending this with other inputs. Um, um, if if not, um, well, yeah. E either either way, I'm excited. So one thing was um, you're essentially making uh, cannabis biochar. Yeah. Yeah, we we call it potassium carbonate. Yeah. And what we try to teach people is, you know, especially the people that were using backguano, you know, or other things that they had to bring in yeah. uh, to their plants. We, we try to reduce it down to carbon molecules. And I always tell people, you can search us up on Google. The, you know, look up an animal carbon molecule. Uh, yeah. Look up an insect carbon molecule and look up a plant carbon molecule. And if people can get that image, you can see that nothing can attach itself to the chain of a carbon molecule in the plant kingdom. And this is where, you know, the, uh, the input uh, recommendations of the, you know, the biodynamic composting models, USD... All that makes sense, but it gets even better when you use an exact match, right? So it's instantaneous assimilation yeah. of the carbon molecule. And what we've proven for years, our plants grow an inch a day. Yeah. yeah. Nonstop. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And the spiral vortices, uh, nobody on uh, the West Coast or out there in the Golden Triangle have ever really seen it. And we also took Steiner's recommendations on carbon skeletal alignment, and we turned the cannabis plant upside down. And now, instead of having one central scion, like a conifer tree, if you've studied cannabis, yeah. and the West Coast especially, it looks like a conifer tree. Well, we grow geodesic domes. So, you know, we have, we have seven to 14 scions coming out of the ground and people are like, how are you doing this? Yeah. And everything's done in perfect harmony with air flower. When the moon steps into the right house, everybody's in the field waiting. And we drive it up. And it's just people are just, they, they shake their heads and they've never seen anything like it. And it's carbon skeletal alignment in the perfect time. Making cells are present and available for all the forces that are available to everyone and doing it in harmony with the flow up or down and it's that simple we never have fungus problems yes we've had insects all over but guess what that's a whole unique kingdom and we don't touch anything and the predators come in and eat and it's really just about fertility and we've learned so much it's just you know i'm just honored to keep practicing mm. <clears throat> our you mentioned geodesic domes or so are, are, are a good amount of the plants underneath the uh, covering. You said earlier, you don't use. No, no, no. Stuff. If you look at Buckminster Fuller's model with all those yeah. triangles. Oh yeah. Each one of the points of the triangle is its own point of light. So I can send you some images. It's a whole hemisphere, right? right. So when we talk about hemispheres. It's a whole hemisphere. The only difference is that it's completely a dome and there's in excess of 200 scions per plant that fill up the hemisphere right 
and the cores are completely empty because uh, it, you ha when you grow something like we do upside down, you create a huge imbalance on the inside of that inner sphere. So part of what we do when the moon is uh, waning is we remove the inner core tissue. We only leave five to seven nodes each time. And without having that wet, dark, uh, moisture is not moving, we don't, we don't have the imbalance that pretty much triggers the fungus into activity. So it's, it's, it's just fun. I mean, it's, yeah. we kind of in, uh, invented, but it really, it all came from Steiner when he talked about carbon skeletal alignment. And then we tried the trellising, uh, you know, the thing well, about seven, eight years ago. And I'm like, wow, this is so labor intensive. They got most of it's done with PVC, which means you have microplastics being created. And I just said, this is insane. We can do this with the plant. Yeah. So the whole staff is trained on how to do that. Oh, that's that's fun. And when you say staff, how, how large is your staff nowadays? Uh, we have about seven people full time. And then we bring in six or seven uh, at various times during the month when it's real intense, which is basically the full moon or the new moon. Because we, we don't stop with the preparations. There, it, it, we do it every single uh, cycle, even when we're, you know, what we call an opposite hemisphere because we brought it inside. And our, uh, our, our lemons and our bananas and our oranges are all tucked away in the corners of the rooms. And since they grew with them outside, they're still growing with them inside. And, and they're just like one big happy family. So everything gets the preparations every 14 days. Okay. Okay. And those preparations are ones that you're, you're making with your staff. Yeah. Right. Yep. 500, 501 okay. and 508. And now instead of using citric acid, which was a uh, acceptable form of pH, we have kombucha ingesting preparation 508. And that's what we use as our pH adjust. Okay. And that just recently got approved a month ago with the Sun and Earth people. Okay. Well, that's fun. Yeah. So microorganisms, microactivity, a plenty. Awesome. So, um, yeah. Let's see here. Before we wrap this up, um, do to those people who um, are regular wine drinkers who only know to about biodynamics through wine um, or maybe uh, pasta or maybe a or a random uh, person at a farmer's market, but who would never really think about cannabis. Um, what, what are your thoughts um, leading with, leading with compassion? Like what, what else can we say to, to those people? Well, I don't know what I could say. Right. Um, I would say, you know, uh, study uh, the true history of Bacchus and the Bacantian rites of ancient Rome. And, and uh, you know, but they don't want to hear that. So I, I don't know what I could say to them is that there, there's there's more to life than a glass yeah. of wine. And yeah. um, I don't know personally because I don't know what other people experience. I've never been elevated to a spiritual place with a glass of wine. 
Right. Oh, eating great food with family. It's always elevating, you know, making the, the breakfast shakes I make out of the watermelons and the strawberries and the raspberries and the kale that we grew here on the farm. That elevates me completely. But I mean, I don't know. How about not be so singular in nature? Yeah. And if, and if, uh, you know, we, we had the world Demeter's first certification for Richard Simpson oil extraction, we had Demeter, the world's first biohash. So the people that back in the day, you know, 70s, you know, hash used to be a thing. Hashish, right? Yeah. So de- yeah, right. So we developed a process for that and got our flowers and all that. Done. There, so it, you don't have to smoke it to experience it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we I think something that we acknowledge when when speaking to um you know, folks that are sometimes uh, ignorant, if not, if not, you know, just terribly against it. Um, you know, there's a place of fear, uh, you know, fear of the unknown. Um, you know, people have been filled with a lot of uh, propaganda. Um, yeah. You know, so it's it's definitely challenging to meet those people where they're at. And it's even more so when they yeah. take a really strong position uh, <laughs> against you. Well, what I've, what I've, so there's been a lot of beautiful lessons of Detroit, right? So coming into an all black area, uh, being labeled the gentrified gorilla on steroids, having the Wayne County treasurer spit in my face, uh, you know, as we're installing these apple orchards because I'm violating his mother-in-law's civil rights. I, in all of that, that all I've seen, one of the great things that I learned in Detroit is we like to say, well, that's your business. It's not mine. And your business is your business. And my business is my business. And you leave it at that. But when you have guys jumping online and totally judging and condemn something without asking one question, like, like, why would you, why would you start growing cannabis? You know, because, you know, I used to play football and, you know, I've had five knee operations and I met a real holistic healer and she didn't, ever want me to ever put any opiate in my body because she said it it was darkness it was evil and i believed this woman because she fits me uh you know that's what kind of inspired me to try to do this biodynamically mm. but nobody asked that question ever not once yeah and that's okay yeah. so that's their business it's not mine right then god bless them you know i'm not going to go to any vineyard did, did i grow cabernet grapes here in Detroit because people say that it couldn't be done. Yes, I did. And yes, they produced lots of grapes. Yeah. And then I just decided uh, it wasn't a good idea. So I stopped. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, the, the beauty of nature is there's uh, a, there's a lot of different uh, things (laughs) A lot of different beings that make up the entirety of the kingdom. There's yeah. a lot to there's a lot to explore, um, yeah. and there's a lot that it all has in common, uh, mainly like life or life support, um, and those are the things that uh, I'm trying to connect with, trying to celebrate, um, and I uh, uh, applaud you on all of your celebrations. Um, well, I and- hope you make it to Detroit someday, and I'll let you uh, just enjoy everything, and yeah. I'll even. Uh, crack one of those cask of mead because what 
what really was beautiful, and this is Rudy himself was at the 2009 conference drinking the mead that we created, and he could not believe how incredible it was. Yeah. Right? We even made what's called an acer, which is the ancient Viking Norris mead, which is based on maple syrup as mm. the active because there's you know where's there bees up there in, in Norway? There ain't there ain't many, right? So and everybody was loving on it, but everyone was drunk already. Mm. And and then you know, when I got into it with Everett Lindquist about you know what we're doing in Detroit, he said, do you want me to intervene? And I said, nope, we're going to let it play out because I'd never owe anybody favors. Mm. And the rest is history. <laughs> but I still got the mead. So you come on down now, bring some friends. Well, I have uh, beet, watermelon, and the sweet potato uh, maple syrup, which is the Acer. Oh, well, you're very kind, Jamie, but I, I am a, a strictly cannabis kind of guy. Oh, well, dude, you know, don't worry. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm glad you're a cannabis guy, you know, but the meat's yeah. been sitting uh, under uh, a tarp since 2019. When I got back from the conference, my family all surrounded me because they knew I was very upset. Yeah. And I said, that's the last time dad's going to go away on one of those. Yeah. And there yeah. it is. Well, well, you, you know, come by and get some cannabis now. You go enjoy the hell out of it. Yes, yes, I absolutely will. I'll ring you up if I'm uh, if I'm in Michigan or nearby. It'd be a pleasure to uh, have that experience. Um, sure thing. And definitely, you know, tour the parks, see farms, see different grow. See offers. the champion trees. I mean, it's a it's a yeah. oak beach climax forest. And yeah, there's a, a, a lot just... more that we could talk about about all. Yeah, this, I'm glad I'm glad we had the chance to speak. My man, thanks for reaching out and thanks for having an open mind and an open heart. Absolutely. The pleasure is mine, Jamie. You take All care. Right. Peace out, buddy.